When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track in the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt and Alex. Uh, Same as every week. I don't know why I even need to say that at this point. I think you guys know who we are. Well, we are welcoming back the fourth member of the Track in the Storm podcast again this week, Steve Lawrence. And, you know, on that note, I'm going to be mad at you for a second because we've had you on here twice already and you never told us that we were saying your name wrong. (laughs) (laughs) You just said it here. And let us do that. But we're gonna start this again, okay? <laughs> we're too damn nice, Stevie. Talk to about this this year. There's no wrong way to say it. You guys have been saying it right. So my whole life, it was Lorenz, and that's 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 great. That's fine. And I think it was Mike Maniscalco. He asked me earlier this year. He goes, "Hey, is that like the proper way to say it?" Because I heard there's another way. And I said, "Well, I mean, technically, like my dad's family, it's his name. They say Lawrence." So I told him that, and then it just snowballed from there. And then so he started calling me Lawrence on air, and then people were, like, losing their minds. They're like, what's going on? Like, that's not how you say it, is it? Like, this guy sounds like a 60-year-old grandfather who not a, not a 25-year-old NHL hockey player. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm just telling people to say it the way they want to, and I'll answer to anything. But, but yeah, it kind of started some something a little, little bit funny, but you can't, you can't go wrong. I'll answer to both. All right. Yeah, well, don't don't take it personally. These guys didn't know how to pronounce my name for like the first month of this. <laughs> we would podcast. just call him Alex. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea no how idea. to pronounce his last name. <laughs> have they figured it out now, though? Oh, yeah, I have to inform them the same way. Okay, you did, good. You know what I mean? There you go. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, obviously, at this point, everybody knows that you are one of the new positive tests for COVID nineteen. Um, yep. So. First question is an obvious one. How are you feeling? How's everything been going there in uh, Minnesota? I feel great. Uh, I feel great. And the guys here all feel great. We don't really have any symptoms. So um, just to let everybody know about that, we're all, we're all doing good. Nobody's really struggling or, or going through any kind of bad symptoms um, from the, from the virus. So it's all good here. Um, I guess it's the worst in a hotel is, in Minnesota. <laughs> right. See, that's, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Of course, we'd rather be at home and, and at least in our, in our home apartments and stuff like that, but um, it could be a lot worse. Um, could be in Vancouver. We do have, we, we, yeah, exactly. We could be stuck across the border, which is, which, uh, or um, what uh, Aho and, and Jarvie are going through right now. So it's, it's too bad. And hopefully we can get those guys back. Um, I think they're trying to work a way to get them home just so they can at least be, you know, in the United States and, and maybe, you know, I, I obviously 
I think a lot of most people know by now they're living together. So uh, maybe they can kind of quarantine at, at home and, and figure out a system that works for them. But um, the guys here, we're all, like I said, we're, we're passing time playing cards and stuff like that. We're kind of limited to each other's rooms. We can't really go and walk around and do stuff just because we don't want to be spreading it around all over the place and, and get the poor workers here and, uh, you know, potentially sick if, if they're not vaccinated by now. I, I Assuming most people should be at this point, but, um, you know, who knows? But anyways, we're, we're, uh, we had some, we had a little bit of fun last night, just hanging out, playing cards and, and, um, Jordo and Colsey got the upper hand on, uh, Svechi and I, so we <laughs> lost a little bit of money, but, um, we got some payback in a little bit tonight. So, um, I'm feeling good about my card game and, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But how's your poker face though? Oh, I got a terrible poker face. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> your good. The vets are taking advantage of I try. Of I, I try really hard, but, you know, you see good cards, you get excited and you act differently. <laughs> you don't even realize it, right? So it sucks, but that's just the way it is. goes back to, you're too nice, man. We need to get you a little bit meaner. <laughs> well, hey, I, I've been looking for a fight this year. Like, I'm, I'm trying to get out there. And I'm usually good for a couple of years. And honestly, ever, like, I know I get this, this nice guy kind of rep, and I'm just happy, obviously, all the time, but there are times out there when I snap and like, it, it hasn't really happened yet. Um, no one's really kind of pissed me off enough, but uh, <laughs> it, it's happened and it's going to happen eventually. And um, that street or that, that side of me is going to come out and I, I don't know if people will be shocked or what, but um, it's coming. And sometimes, you know, you got to stick up for a teammate or stick up for yourself. So we'll see what happens, but uh, maybe not in the po- or in our uh, card game tonight, but I'll, I'll save that for <laughs> on the ice. We want everybody to stay healthy when they come back. Right. right? And I don't like my odds against Jordo and Colsey either. So right. <laughs> Two pretty big boys. We haven't played the Capitals enough yet for for anybody to really piss you off out there. Um, as, soon, as soon as that happens, you know, you start getting into like, you know, game four or five, that'll get to you. That's and you could tell even by obviously our first game against the Caps, that was like a playoff game. And it was nice. It's kind of refreshing. Obviously, it's such a long regular season. And I think it's only natural that some games just, you know, go by. And it's just, you know, another game on the schedule. You're playing so many so often that. Um, not every game kind of has that playoff atmosphere, but that game against them with like the full barn and it was just back and forth. And there's some, a lot of, you know, after the whistle kind of scrums and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's when hockey's at its best. And those are the games that are most fun to be a part of. So I can't wait for those games. And uh, I know the fans can't wait either. Okay. So we got to ask you a little bit about hockey, right? That's kind of what we do over here. So yep. Give us a rundown. How, how would you describe your season so far? Are you happy with the way it's gone? Is there anything that you would like to kind of improve on? Or are you hoping you can score a little more? You mentioned maybe yeah. maybe drop the gloves. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give, I mean, let us know how you think you've done. But yeah, um, I'm honestly, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, if you would have asked me in the summer, just looking based on stats, I would like to say that I'd be a little bit disappointed. Um just some of the bounces just haven't gone my way. And it seems like it's been like that for a lot of guys. Um, there's definitely our, our, our top scores have been, you know, so key. And um, those guys are obviously expected to provide that offensive, um, you know, production night in and night out. And they've done a tremendous job at it, but there's still, you know, a few guys where it's just, you know, we're not getting that bounce or we're hitting posts or we're, we're kind of just gripping the stick a little bit too tight. And, and that's what happens. And we're still only, you know, maybe coming up on a third of the way into the season, a little over a quarter of the way into the season. And um, it is a long year. And, uh, you know, when you start thinking about, oh, I'm not getting points, I'm not getting this, I'm not getting that, that's when you start getting into trouble. So 
I've talked to a lot of people from ex-players to, to coaches and stuff like that. They say you have nothing to be worried about. You know, as long as you're playing the hockey that's um, that you're that you know, the, the game that I'm supposed to bring the team and that it's not necessarily putting up points every single night. Obviously that, that production um, goes a long way when, you, you know, you have depth scoring and, and that's how you win championships. So um, I don't think our depth has been disappointing. I think we've done a lot of good things, you know, other than putting up points, whether it's just staying out of our end and just creating energy and stuff like that. So um, I've actually watched a lot of my shifts and a lot of my line shifts and we do a lot of good things. It's just, we're not really getting those, those offensive breaks right now. And, um, you know, I'll say this, I, I got to start shooting the puck a little bit more, but, um, you know, that stuff will come. And it, it's, it's um, like I said, it's, it's more of a burden if you think about that before every single game, um, you know, only focusing on offense because, you know, then, you know, your defensive game slips up and then it's just like, well, if the puck's not going in and, you know, your, your liability in other areas of the rink, then that's when you, you know, you might not see as much ice time and stuff like that. So, we just want to be, you know, reliable in all three zones first, and then the offense will come. Hopefully it does. Um, we'll see. You know, I can't, uh, I, I can't guarantee anything. Obviously it's the best league in the world, but um, again, game by game, I'm just having fun trying to do whatever it takes to, to get a win on one each and every single night. Yeah. We all know your game goes well beyond just what's on the score sheet. I mean, you're a grinder. You you have your your role set in the bottom six, and which is a huge identity to the team overall. And it's been a huge part of the success so far this year. How would you describe in now in your second full season in the NHL? How would you feel that the pace has kind of settled in for you? Do you are, are you are, are you managing the game a little differently out there? Are are you you seeing more openings for offensive opportunities? Um, yeah, like the physical level. How 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 have things changed from last season? I think I just realized a lot more with what's going on out there. I think last year, a lot of times you, you, you're on instinct and it's just like, okay, well, I know I can survive here. You know, there's just situations where it's just like, well, that was a close one or um, you get out of something without getting scored on or without getting hit really hard or something like that. And you go, whoa, now it's more of a sense of like, okay, well, I realize if I put myself in this situation, this might happen. And you just kind of understand the game a lot better. The speed is, the speed's always going to be fast. Um, I mean, the elite elite players can obviously slow the game down, but um, the majority of the players in the league, it's obviously going to be very fast. But um, to be able to play at this level, you have to be able to think at this level. So um, I think I just feel the game a lot better. And instead of trying to go out and chase the game and try and force plays to happen, you kind of almost have to sit back and let it come to you a little bit and then read and react from there. So um, I feel more comfortable when I step on the ice, knowing that, like, okay, even if there's a mismatch, if their best players come on the ice, we're going to do a good job not getting scored on. We can even go play down there because we realize their liabilities in the defensive zone or so on and so forth. So um, I just feel comfortable out there. Uh, the offensive part, I can see it and it's right there. I just need to start taking a little bit, you know, maybe a few more chances um, and just trusting the, the skill set that I have that, you know, that's, that I've brought offense at pretty much every other level up to this one. And, you know, once, you know, I get, maybe string a few games, um, scoring a few goals or just getting some points or even just taking the puck to the net and getting shots and opportunities. That's when, you know, you kind of build that confidence and then it comes, you know, more consistently. So again, I'm not trying to rush it right now, but um, I'm just hoping it comes sooner than later, but you know, we'll see. Well, if you really need to, why don't you just go watch the Philly tape when you walk Carter Hart and have that. There's <laughs> your confidence see, that's right there. Yeah, see, sometimes it just comes like that where I'm just like, I kind of step off the bench, maybe even a little bit pissed off. And I'm just like, you know what? 
I'm going to take this puck right here. I'm just going to take it to the net and see what happens. And, and that's what happens when you do stuff like that. So um, I just need to feel a little bit more confident in myself. And you know what? I'm also not worried. I, I've always been a little bit of a late bloomer too. As you guys know, it's, it's taken me a longer road and some guys maybe say it, it, it should have come by now the the offense or this or that, you know what? I, I just, as long as the coach is telling me what to do and, and I'm, know doing what I'm being asked to do um, that stuff always falls into place so I'm not too concerned about that and as long as the Carolina Hurricanes are winning hockey games everything else just kind of goes out the window right. so yeah we just want to bring a cup to, to Raleigh and that's that's the ultimate goal oh yeah, yeah. I mean even looking you look at Spetz right now he's a guy that's paid to score goals and do stuff on this team and he's obviously he's a little snake bitten right now Yep. But you don't see anybody like saying, oh, Spetch is not playing well. The kid's been playing out of his mind, just right. doing everything but score. So, yep, you're in the same vein, man. You've been playing really well. Just uh, keep bringing that heavy game. Goals are going to come eventually, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know you're always – you guys always believe in me, so <laughs> I know you guys got my back. <laughs> That's right, brother. You know that. <laughs> so one thing I wanted to ask is, you know, we, we saw when when Jesperi Kokoniemi got moved down – um, quote down to the fourth line that line started you know becoming one of the hurricanes best you know four checking lines one of the most frustrating lines to play against so you know you've played on that line for probably I'd say about 15 games now with him what does it feel like and you know how has he been in that role I think you can just see it's it's almost like you can you, you watch them from a rookie standpoint again become a new player because I'm not saying he had, you know, bad habits from Montreal, but he just learned a completely different system, right? So they kind of threw him into the fire and he's a young kid and it's just, you know, a big market team and they just say, okay, go play. It's just like, whoa, like that's a lot of expectations on a young kid like that at such a young age, right? And we have such a great coach in Roddy where he kind of just said, you know, what, we got to teach this kid the way the Carolina Hurricanes play. And we truly believe here that that's the right way to play, right? You know, you're, you're playing defensive hockey, but at the same time, you can obviously use your skill set, but you got to play hard in every zone. So it was, it's, it's like, it's fun to watch this kid who's still a kid, but he's, this is what, fourth year in the NHL, who's almost, you know, turning it around and he's just becoming like a, like a power forward game by game, turning into, with, he's obviously shown his finesse and his ability to be able to, you know, go to the net hard and, and finish checks and stuff like that. It's just like this kid can, can do it all. And it just almost seems like the sky's the limit for him right now. So he's, he's a fun kid to play with because um, like myself, he, he's not afraid to, you know, go to those dirty areas. And then he'll show that, you know, that toe drag he did against Edmonton, the toe drag, and then the pass to, to step in um, with three guys on his back, basically to be able to do that at, at top speed um, with three guys surrounding you. is just like special. And I was standing on the other side, like, Oh man, like I was almost in video game. Like just watching him. <laughs> toe drag the puck all over the place i'm like oh that's that's pretty cool i wish i could do stuff like that but um no it's just it's it's been great because he sees the ice so well too and and um he's not afraid to ask questions even though i'm still a young guy too he'll ask me questions and and i can go to him with with stuff like that too so you can see the maturity and, and that confidence starting to come through so it's it's really awesome to see um the kid you know really starting to blossom in carolina yeah, and you playing alongside him for a good stretch of games now. You guys feel like you're developing some chemistry, and how is playing with a guy who has such a good offensive um, inclined game like Kotkaniemi, how is that 
kind of affected your confidence and does that make you feel like you've got a little more to offer offensively as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when I see him, you know, having success around the net, it's just like, well, that makes me want to just go to the net and, and do the same thing. And um, he plays a fast game. He plays big and fast. And obviously I, I like doing the same way, same thing. So, I mean, we talk about it before every game, if there's ever a chance in the D zone, you know, our system is our, our wingers like to, you know, get going and, and push the pace up the ice. And he always says, yeah, yeah, you just, you get going and I'll get it to you. And then if you got nothing, then look for me and I'll be at the net. So it's pretty much a, a pretty basic system or um, kind of system that, that we have. And um, that's pretty much it. There's no really more detailed X's and O's to it. It's just, you know, you kind of get used to playing with a guy, you get to know his tendencies. And, and like I said, when, and he's a great kid away from the rink too. And, and I believe that if you get along off the ice and that stuff kind of, sees through right onto the ice too. So no, he's, he's a, like I said, he's a great kid. He fits in well with everybody. And, and uh, since we play kind of a similar style, he, I mean, he's obviously got a little bit more finesse and he sees the game so well, but um, yeah, it just makes me want to do the same things that he does. And, and you saw the success he was having the past couple of weeks, just going to the net and, and, and playing the game the simple way. And um, you know, that's pretty much how you get your confidence is just, instead of trying to do too much, you just go back to the basics and, and, you know, that's how he had success and that's why he's playing so well right now. So if a lot of if if, you know, the guys who are struggling, just it, it's tough to do sometimes. But um, like I said, you can't really think about those points and this and that. You just got to narrow it down, get back to the basics, the stuff that, you know, doesn't always get noticed on the score sheet. But that those little things eventually lead up to, to getting points and stuff like that. So. All right. Well, you being the grizzled 25 year old two year NHL veteran, been around the block a time or two now. Um, so a kid we've talked about a lot here on this show has been Seth Jarvis. Um, yep. And obviously he's a 19-year-old, breaking into the NHL for the first time. Um, has he maybe – again, I know you've only been here for a year, so it's not like you really are some grizzled veteran. I was kidding. <laughs> but have you learned anything that's kind of made you able to help him out and kind of walk him through his NHL debut and – and, and also, can you speak a little bit to, we see him like in videos and stuff all the time, like jumping around. Just, he just seems like a very vibrant kid. And you were yep. just talking about with KK, how like he fits into your group so well. So speak to that with Jarvis. Like, is he another kid that fits your system really well? He seems like another kind of like a Marty type almost. It just seems a fun personality that seems to fit into your locker room really, really well. Yeah. So he's, I mean, what you see on that, it's all good. What you see on, on the camera there, he's not, he's not, that's on the app. He's not pretending. He's just a young kid who's happy to be here and he's, he's just full of life. I mean, you see it, the fact that he's, he's his age and having so much success at the, at the NHL level and the way he goes about it and he handles himself and the way he treats other people is just, you know, it, it's something I haven't seen in a kid that young, you know, it's, it's very easy to be able to have, you know, a little bit of arrogance and, and some cockiness to be able to be that young and, and succeeding in the NHL. And it's, and it's easy, but, but he's not like that at all. I mean, he's just, he's just a goofy kid. He, he's funny. He, he takes, you know, shots. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're another rookie on the team or if you're a vet on the team, like he'll take little chirps at you and little digs. And he's just, he seems to be always smiling, but he brings that, you know, that competitive kind of feistiness that you can see on the ice for, for a smaller guy. So um, he fits in great. He's, he's a, you know, a joy to be around and we're obviously 
so happy that he was, you know, he, he, he earned his job on this team and, um, and he's going to be here the rest of the year and hopefully a long career here because um, like I said, he's, he's a gamer and um, you've seen the offensive ability and everything that he does, you know, with the puck on a stick, but at the same time, you know, he's going to be a complete player here for the Canes and he's going to be fun to watch going forward. Yeah. I mean, that kid been impressive as hell pretty much all year. Like he yeah. really hasn't scored at quite the pace. He was on there for a little bit, but he, and that's another one that's kind of like still doing everything right. It seems like yeah. and for, for a 19 year old kid to come in and, you know, just make so many smart plays. I mean, that's quintessential hurricanes hockey, right? Like, yep. Take care of the other stuff there. first. The points are going to come. That's right. Yep, you're bang on. So this season, you you've left Rasmus Sandin's jockstrap entirely in the rafters. You've played baseball to score a goal, and you walked Carter Hart. Which of those three has to be the most special goal for you this season? And what are you going to do next to top them? Um, that's an easy one for me. Um, I think the goal against the Leafs was probably the coolest. Just growing up being a Leafs fan being able to do that at home. Um, and I had, you know, my girlfriend and her, her, um, her mom and her uncle, and she had some family in town to be able to do that in front of them was, was pretty special. Um, it was emotional. I know, um, my girlfriend dealt with some stuff this summer and, um, I know that was a big goal for her family and her dad was a huge Leafs fan growing up and he wasn't able to be there. Um, but just scoring that goal, that was kind of for him. And it was, it was pretty cool to be able to do that. And then obviously I had friends and family, so many watching back home since it's a Leafs game. And it was, I think it was nationally televised as well. So it was pretty special all in all Um, just the whole night. I I won't forget that. I mean, I didn't, I don't think I played a ton that night, but being able to do that and just sit there the rest of the game, I I was just waiting to be able to see the, the everybody afterwards. And, And, you know, my phone, I had a bunch of, you know, friends from, or friends and, and messages from people who I haven't heard of heard, heard from since, you know, my childhood days. And along the way, it was, it was cool to be able to, to share that kind of with everybody back home. So that was probably the most special. Um, I mean, any goal in the NHL is special and, and memorable, but that one sticks out the most. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of goals, two of your three goals this year have came against the Philadelphia Flyers. Is there some kind of bad blood there? Or is it just a coincidence? I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe I just, I just had their number for a couple of games there, but um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not too sure. I think, uh, you know, Philly, they played us hard, um, especially that first game. We had that, that lead on them and then we ended up losing to them. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I think I, I like playing against Lehigh too. I, I always like kind of playing against that organization. I don't know what it was when I was down in the minors. I like playing in their rank and stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, Sebastian Ajo is a known flyer killer, so maybe you're just on your trajectory to be the next Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, the next, yeah, the new and improved, slightly old. Slightly <laughs> right, right? I might need a lifetime or two to be able to get to that point. Uh, a little taller, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I have to get my fi- my finished citizenship. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, Stevie, tomorrow is the return of Alex Nedeljkovich to Raleigh, which is kind of a big deal. Um, obviously, it sucks that you can't be in the game, and you know a bunch of the guys that were playing against, uh, playing with them last year. I'm sure you specifically, you probably had some dangle in your head picked out when 
you broke in alone or whatever and yeah. you know posterize net a bit but uh yeah. yeah well what, what's it like for um what, what's it like for his return um you guys got anything planned or yeah I mean it, we had obviously it would have been nice to see him and and um I mean we can't now obviously being stuck here we, it, it would have been I mean we had talked about when when Geeks was coming to town when Beaner was coming to town when Ned was coming to town I was obviously looking forward to all those 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 games but uh it's unfortunate that I'm not able to see Ned there tomorrow. I'm definitely going to be watching the game. But like you said, I had a whole, whole line of things picked out if I was going to score on him and, and do this or that. But, uh, you know, Ned's a gamer and, and he's going to be extra motivated to come in here tomorrow. So it's going to be a good test for for our uh, for our team tomorrow. And I'm excited to watch. But I'm excited for him to to see what he's going to bring. And, and I hope. I hope so bad that he gets lit up. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know this, but former Canes, when they come to Raleigh, go like superhuman. And we know how well, good of a goalie Ned is already. He can, he can <laughs> speak about uh, when Anton Forsberg for the Sens last week went. Seriously, Anton Forsberg. Yeah. No need to remind me. Yeah, God dear. The one that, we only, the one we that can only imagine me. what Ned's going to do. Yeah. The one that'll haunt me forever is when we traded UC Jokinen for a conditional seventh and he scored a hat trick on us the next game. <laughs> the next day. Like, what the hell? After being like dog water the entire yeah. season. Oh, yeah. Basically, yeah, Jager after that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he, well, he was playing with like Malkin and Crosby, right? Yeah, I think it was. I was going to say, like, they put him They put him with like, you know. They wanted him to go out there and like. Yeah. <laughs> If there are two guys that you want to have on your line in a revenge game, I think Crosby and Malkin are pretty high up on that they list. They gotta be. They'd be yeah. up there. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the. Let's speaking of. Let's talk about the Edmonton game a little bit. Um. For me as a Canes fan, that was one of the more fun games I've ever watched. Just because a it was like just two highly skilled teams like back and forth. Like it was just a good ass hockey game. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about number 74. Okay. What's it like playing with Jacob Slavin on a daily basis? Like, I just, <laughs> I mean, that guy just never ceases to amaze me. He's like playing 30 minutes a night right now. Like every single it's crazy. Day. And it's yeah, just, he's, he's absurd. <laughs> he's a workhorse. He just, yeah. he just always just finds a way. And he's, he's, it, it just seems like, I think I can count on maybe well, less. Yeah. One hand, maybe a couple fingers. How many times I've actually watched him like make a mistake in the two years that I've been here. It's like does he get tired? He's always in possession. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Clearly, he doesn't. I mean, I mean, what? How much more can you play in, in you know just a six-minute game? I mean, next we'll time, out tomorrow. Be out there for two full periods, and then who knows? We'll go. Might start there. playing but, forward. Double shift him at forward. He, yeah, he's just. It's just, just so impressive him. how how he just never. I mean, you give him those minutes, and, and was he out of position that game? Was he? Did he make a mistake? Did he do this or that? It was just like he's just sound calm cool collected Jacob Slavin and it's just like you're just so happy he's on your team and sometimes you don't notice him and that's that's a good thing for a defenseman and then you know they might we might break down or have a a lapse defensively or something like that and then here comes Superman out of nowhere he's just there to save the day and it just seems like he just does that more often than not he's the guy that ends up you know bailing myself out or, or, you know, another forward or another D-man or a goalie. It's just like, okay, that's just, I'm so glad he's on our team. 
Well, right. you said he doesn't make a mistake often. And, you know, even in the Calgary game, when he made a mistake, he, he stopped the puck on the goal line in the <laughs> yeah. same second. So it's like, you he know, he already made he, up for that. Yeah. He just, it's, he it's did crazy. that to challenge himself. That's what he's pushing his limits. Like, <laughs> right. Nobody else can. So someone, he's got to do it to himself. <laughs> he doesn't get, get enough love in the Norris votes. And like, yeah. for some reason, the NHL writers didn't have him as an all-star in the Metro division, which is still ridiculous. But anyway, so I guess yeah. he's just trying to get on the highlight reels a little bit more any way he can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is and, and he's a he's an incredible human too. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's so selfless. So it's just I mean, yeah, it's just you, you can't say enough good things about that guy. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I said on Twitter the other day, I, I don't think there's one defenseman in the NHL I would trade Jacob Slayton for. Like I know Kale McCarr is like the ridiculous phenom kid. Like there's guys yeah. you can make an argument for. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, we're we're obviously biased, but I mean, I like you, like you. I just can't. I mean, a guy like that just. <laughs> you all right? You go. All right. <laughs> Good. Just making sure you're okay. Just trying to mute For it. The listeners I... that don't know, Brandon is like sick as a dog right now, and is like three seconds away from coughing at any given moment. So oh, I have to run and mute, mute my mic. <laughs> It probably made a stupid face as I was trying <laughs> so to So he's that quiet. Time. He's just like silently dying. <laughs> yeah. You asked a question and you just went right off screen. I knew something, <laughs> something got yeah. to you. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, mean, we, I talked about it on here. We talked about it with Stevie before the show. I had COVID. I was perfectly f-ing fine. And now I have some bullshit and I feel like I'm about to die. Bring the COVID back. I would have, can I have COVID again? <laughs> Your grandpa's going to complain about how much we're swearing, Brandon. Oh, he, yeah. He f- at me again the other day. Sorry, Grandpa. Clean it up, man. (laughs) So, Steve, does anybody else have anything? I've got, like, one final question. Uh, I don't want to keep him all night. Yeah. He's got to go lose at cards. He's so busy. Hey, come on now. (laughs) I need all the good vibes my way. We have the World Juniors coming up in a couple weeks. And the Canes, as of today, have 10 players playing at the world juniors this year, which ties the NHL record set by Toronto um, twice. I think I don't remember exactly when yep. clearly it's a big deal. And while we only have one guy in Canada, I'm wondering, do you think Canada can go all the way this year? I mean, Canada's always got a good shot. They always more often than not, they, they seem to be the favorites, but um, I mean, I don't, I don't follow the younger, like that kind of those group of kids as, as much as I used to. And, and honestly, I, I kind of like it because then I kind of get to watch the tournament. And I mean, every year you hear, Canada's Canada's a wagon, right? Exactly. So when I'm back home, all I see is, Oh, Canada reports on this reports on that. And it's just like, okay, well, these guys just seem unstoppable. And then they get to the quarters of the semis and they lose. It's like, well, what happened? It's like, <laughs> well, we didn't get to see the States coverage. We didn't get to see Sweden's coverage. We didn't get to see Russia's. And I mean, for a long time there, it seemed that Canada was just, I mean, when they were five, five in a row and then like, I don't know, it just seemed like they won every year. It was, and then that gap's kind of closing and the, and it's, it's great to see because, you know, you don't know, or like every single year you don't go into it just like, Oh, okay. We know Canada's going to win by a landslide again. It's like, no, it's like anybody can win. The international talent level is just like, it's going through the roof and you just love to see it. And the fact that we have 10, 10 prospects there playing in the tournament is just a testament of how good our scouting department has been, not just in the, you know, the top rounds, but the later rounds as well. And I know that 10 prospects 
means for a, a busy tournament for you guys as well. So <laughs> I know that you guys are going to be hard at work. And we've um, got four guys. Yeah, I, these, I, so. I think I think four. Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure four, three or four of them were drafted in the seventh round. Four, seven, so, four out of our last five. Yeah, seventh so, round picks so Stevie might have a couple words of advice for them. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. if they, yeah, I mean, never give up. There you go. That's all I gotta say. And those kids, and it was a weird. I'm I'm not sure what year those kids were drafted in whether because this past year this this draft obviously with COVID being everything like those kids that are seventh round picks they might have been seventh round picks at the start of the year or in a normal year and they could have moved up the rankings and this and that so um you can't ever let the draft where you fall in the draft or where you land in the draft um define who you are as a player because I mean you see how many times how many we could be here all day talking about guys who didn't get drafted late round picks kids that go in the first round and become busts. Like you just, you, you never know. It's all about the individual player and how you, you develop as a hockey player and, and as a person as well in this organization, obviously they look for good people. So um, if you're drafted to the Carolina Hurricanes, it's something we're very proud of because they take pride in each and every selection. So um, I'm hoping nothing but the best and success for, for all these kids going forward. And yeah, we're definitely not like the Sabres who picked a fake person way back when. i think one i want to say in like the 80s picked like a person that wasn't real yep like they made up a name in like the last round of the draft come what do you mean i didn't know that that's hilarious that's that's peak buffalo (laughs) yeah haro sujimoto that's tough that that's who it was yep his name is taro sujimoto was and it wasn't a real person right Yep, didn't exist. Made up hockey player. Come on. <laughs> this is a hockey news article talking about his 60th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So, oh, funny. that's incredible. Yeah, poor Buffalo. He had a draft. He had a, he had a card. How did he have a card? <laughs> Man, I don't know. That's, that's crazy. Anyway. But yeah, so... <laughs> The Taro Sujimoto episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. <clears throat> featuring the, uh, so there you go. we appreciate you for coming on. Um, obviously, you know, we wish that you, you stay without any symptoms and that, you know, best of luck in your card game tonight. Um, Thank you so much. Hopefully you can yep. win back what you lost last night, maybe even a bit more. Um, if you want to get back to me tomorrow to find out how it went, I'll, I'll keep you updated. But I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good right now. So, so we'll see. No, but thank you guys for having me again. It's always a pleasure. So, yeah, it's great yeah, talking to you guys. Hopefully uh, we get over this COVID stuff soon and we get a uh, healthy roster back on the ice as soon as possible. Yeah, well, best of luck moving forward. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate care, it. You guys take care. Yeah, you Brian, you too, man. take care. Sickness, all right? I didn't hear that still there? I said, you get over that sickness. You start feeling better soon, okay? <laughs> take care of yourself. I appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, stop yeah. getting sick. I'll do my best. No kidding. Okay. All right, take care. See you guys. Before we get into anything else, let's take a minute and get a quick word from DraftKings. Hey, football fans, if you're like me, I'm sure you love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. 
DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $1 on any team to score, and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're back. And we're, and we're back. back. Yes. So, folks, since Brandon's sick, I am taking control of this part of the podcast. It's World Juniors time, almost. You know, I mean, we've got one more episode before the World Juniors. All the rosters have been finalized now, at least the ones with Kane's prospects on it. And we've doubled up our franchise record with prospects attending. We had five as a high in the past, and now we have 10 attending the World Juniors this year. And one of the arguments that was presented to me today that was kind of, that I kind of laughed at was like, well, they could have players on like bad teams. And I'm like, we have one German prospect and the rest are on teams that are wagons. So Alex, how are you feeling about the world juniors? And let's give me like a top three of guys that you're looking to see. My pick to win is, you know, a little biased here, but I, I think team Canada is going to prevail uh, as far as Come on, as far as prediction goes, I think Canada is probably the team to beat. You know, defense might be a little shaky without any right shots, which is, you know, kind of unheard of. Um, but I, I don't think you can deny the skill there. Um, as far as Kane's prospects that I'm excited to track, I'm really excited to see Joel Nyström on Sweden. I haven't actually got to see him play, really. I've only really seen um, some clips and highlights and stuff. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to see him in, in the competitive setting, um, and see how he kind of projects to the next level. I I, I kind of compare him right now to Jesper Selgren. I mentioned that in our group chat, where he, the, just the comparables from the two of them are basically identical. It's almost it's like scary to know to the same size. I think they shoot the same way. Kind of the, they've came up the same way, both late round picks and. Uh, kind of had their ascension into pro hockey in Sweden the exact same way and kind of play the same style. Like it, it's almost like mirror images of each other. It's kind of scary. Um, but other than them, uh, other than him, sorry. Um, Alexander passion is going to be fun to watch. I, I really hope he gets a good role because uh, he, he's a guy that, that he's just going to be one of the most exciting players in the tournament, as far as providing a spark offensively goes, assuming that, he gets deployed properly. Um, I think all three guys for Russia are going to be interesting to watch, including Ponomarev and Gustav, who I haven't seen either. Um, pretty cool when you have three guys all in the same forward group for a team, especially a team as strong as Russia. So it, it goes to show how those guys' development are going. And uh, I'm excited to see Seeley as well. Yeah, um... Nystrom, it's so interesting. I watched um, some of his games um, this past weekend um, just to kind of, I, I knew he was going to play on Sweden. In fact, like when he's played on the national team, uh, like in their summer camp, he was on the first pairing. So for, for a guy that was, you know, undrafted in his first year and, you know, was a seventh round pick the second time around to get first pairing minutes on a very good Sweden team, you know, that says a lot, right. 
So I'm excited to watch Nystrom. I think my top three, though, I, I'm definitely most excited to see Ponomarev play because he's turning pro next season. He's coming over to North America. And he he's should have a big a- role on that team. Yeah, he, he's their captain. Um, as far as I know, he was wearing the C in their camp. Um, he plays an NHL-style power game uh, with a lot of skill and you know, he didn't really get to showcase that in the QMJHL. I don't like the way Shawinigan plays. Um, I feel like they, they put him in exclusively a defensive role. And he's, he's a very good defensive player and one of the more mature, like, two-way forwards in that league. Because let's be honest, there really aren't any. Yeah, they don't play much defense. <laughs> but, you know, the skill only really got to you know come onto the scene when he was playing at the world juniors last year right we got to see kind of a bit more of who he was as a player so i think this year he's going to show that off a lot more um really excited to see scott morrow play um he should be on either their first or second power play unit um he was on their first unit like in quotation marks um, in practice, you know, uh, Wednesday when we were recording this, um, which is weird because Luke Hughes is on that team too, right? So, you know, that that's a bit weird, um, but I'm excited. Moro is just highly, highly skilled. One of the most exciting and dynamic defensemen on that team. It sucks that he's getting paired with Tyler Clevin, who's just a useless player. Oh, um, no, Tyler tough, Clevin, tough. nobody I've talked to <laughs> likes Tyler Clevin. I don't know. They seem to really like him in Ottawa. I haven't watched him. They but... like him in Ottawa because they're forced to deal with him, bro. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like, look at Ottawa's defensive prospects. He's kind of far down on the list, but they seem to like him. They spent a second round around him. They must like him a little bit. Yeah, and uh, Toronto drafted Topi Numella, who is currently the highest scoring I was going to say Nemo's Yeah. And Roni Hirvonen with that other pick. So, (laughs) yeah. And speaking um, of Finns, I hope that Hemo Salmi gets to go because I I think there was some kind of – Oh, does he? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, he had COVID previously, and so he's good to go. Oh, that's Um, great news. But, yeah, um, Vili Koivinen is the third guy I'm the most excited to see. I think that – he's one of the best prospects in the system right now. That's outside of the AHL. Um, Jack Drury is probably our top forward prospect because he's the closest to the NHL. I think right up there with Jamison Reese and Ryan Suzuki, but um, Koivinen is just so much fun to watch. I mean, he can find an open area of ice better than anybody. He, he, his understanding and the way he reads the game and reacts to it is second to none as far as U20 skaters are concerned. And I mean, he's just a damn fun player to watch, man. Great shot, great playmaking. I, I, I think his stride has improved a lot this year, um, which was something I'm, I was worried about. So, yeah, Ponomarev, Moro, and Koivinen are my three. Yeah, I, I love Koivinen as well. It just kind of sucks that his ascension has kind of came at the expense of Tuka Tiexla and Karpat. Uh, Tiexla is hurt, actually. If is he? Know. Is that yeah, why he's, he's not playing? Yeah, he's hurt. 
but even Twitter even before, you know, he's out of the lineup every now and then, and like it just, oh man, I, I just I wish both those kids would be thriving in like top six roles there. You know what I mean? I think coming back from the dead. Such yeah. great players to watch. Yeah, Tiaxala has been hurt for quite a while, and I think he's been kind of bitten with the injury bug this year, which is why we haven't seen him consistently. So I think it's thankfully it's not Koivinen's fault. It's just Tiaxala keeps keeps getting hurt, which is going to happen when you're like you know 150 pounds. Yeah. So yeah, Vili Koivinen currently ranks second in the entire Finnish Liga in U20 scoring, um, right behind you. Topi, yeah, uh, Nimella. Uh, who has 24 points in 31 games. Koivinen has 19 points in 30 games. Next is uh, 2022 draft eligible Joaquin yeah. Kemmel oh, Joaquin with 18 Kimmel, points right. in 21 games. Um, so, yeah, crazy that Koivinen's doing this well after, you know, zero Liga games prior to this season. So props to him. He's doing a really good job. I think next week's probably going to be our like full World Juniors preview, so yeah, I won't like sure. dig too much into too much of yeah. this. But one thing I found really interesting, despite like Sweden's one of the best producers of NHL talent, you know, in the world, um, they haven't won a gold medal at the World Juniors in ten years now, which I found kind of surprising. And they've only medaled four times in that span: three silvers and one bronze. I mm-hmm. think this year they might. That's like my sneaky dark horse pick. If you can even call Sweden a dark horse, I think they have the goods to get it done this year. They're top three on defense, even if you don't include Nystrom. They've got Simon Edmondson, Amal Andre, and Helgi Grimes. That's three really, really good defensemen up top. And then they've got Nystrom, who that was one of the players I was going to say I was really excited to watch. But And then up front, they've got um, William Eklund. They've got uh, Alexander Holtz, who is now making his third trip to the World Juniors. And then they've got a bunch of other first-round picks like Oscar Olison. Um, That's a sneaky good pick, actually. They got a couple. I, of, I can't even remember. I it, this is all like stuff that is and in my, Wallstead and Net and Wallstead and Net. That's where I was going to go next. Um, but they got a bunch of first-rounders up front. They've got a really good older defense. Most of their defense is nineteen-year-olds. And then they've got Wallstead and Net. I like them a lot. Um, and yeah, Corbin and I mean. This is another thing I said in my preview. It's like second round picks for the Hurricanes from Finland kind of have unrealistic expectations when they get drafted, right? But I think Koivinen, definitely better than his predecessors, Koukinen and uh, Losarinen. Both are NHL players, though. Both are NHL players, but I I really argue with it. Koivinen's definitely the one that has the chance to be the closest to the next Ajo. I'm not saying he's going to be by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's a legitimate top six player. He's one of my favorite prospects in the system at this point with how he's played this year. I mean, offensive toolkit, like pretty much got everything. He thinks the game so well. He reminds me of Ajo a lot at that age. Like he doesn't necessarily have like one thing that's like, that's his superstar quality. You know, it wasn't until Ajo got to the NHL that all of a sudden he became one like a super fast skater he wasn't that great of a skater when he was 1920 and Koivin has got a long ways to go. If he's going to get to Ajo as a skater, to be fair, like Matt said, he's gotten a lot better this year, but he's so smart in the offensive zone. Like Matt said, he just knows how to get to the open ice. And when he gets there, he knows how to finish. Um, yeah. Got a lot of things to really, really like offensively. And then passion. Yeah. That's another guy, you know, I passion. really haven't gotten to see him at all. Um, so I'm really excited to get to actually lay eyes on him, him and Nystrom and Koivinen are my three to watch. Yeah, Finland's going to be a good one to watch too. With, I mean, 
Koivinen yeah. is obviously going to be a big role player for them. And yeah. hopefully we get to see Himo Salmi. Uh, I think he's the only 2003-born defenseman on that team. Yeah, so I know it just shows you – just tells you everything you need to know about his talent level. And then future Vesna winner, Levi Marilyn and that Can't wait to see it. So question for you guys. Who takes home gold? Brandon, you've answered. So I guess this is really a question for Alex. Do you think Canada takes home gold, or do you think the USA can defend – I don't think the U.S. has the offensive. I, I got my money on Canada. Power. I mean, how how can how can I say no? How can I say no? The USA has Maddie Beniers, Matt Coronado, Chaz Lucius, Carter Mazur, who's having a hell of a season for Denver, by the way. Sasha Pastajov, Mackie Samuskevich, and Tyce Blanick, who's also having a really good season. Then they've got Luke Hughes and Scott Morrow and Jake Sanderson on the back end as, you know, three phenomenal defensemen, along with everybody else other than Tyler Clevin. The only question I have about this USA team goalie is Drew Camesso. Yep. I don't know if Drew Camesso is the guy. That might be a bit of a hot take, but I don't know if Drew Camesso is going to be enough for Team USA. Well, just so, to finish my thought, between that and their offense, I, I, I don't hate their offense, but I think Sweden's is actually better. Like, I think all those first-round picks, Eklund and Holtz up front, like, I just – I like Sweden better than the U.S. this year, and I like Canada a little bit better than the U.S. this year. Yeah, if you want to know how deep Canada are, they cut my boy Zach Dean, and I'm still not over that. I was surprised by that, too. I thought he would have been a really good fourth-liner for them. So did I, man. Like, especially with how he's played this year. I've watched the Olympics a few times, and he's been really good. His his entire game is developing. But when I saw that they cut him, I was like, okay, this roster is pretty deep. My biggest question would be in goal as well, Um, kind of similar to you guys with the States. Not really sure who's going to emerge. I would probably assume Sebastian Casa. Yeah, probably. Guess I, I, we're gonna have to wait and see. I mean, Canada's biggest problem recently has always been who's in net. Um, you know, kind of the same issue we're having with the Olympics coming up. But um, I, I do think they have the necessary talent up front and on the back end. Yeah, they're definitely not hurting for talent. It's kind of crazy that you know, like even without Brant Clark, um, their their defense is still without. Their, they could have Seth Jarvis. Yeah, they could have I mean, had Seth Jarvis. And come on. Yeah. I think this is, I mean, it's going to be one of the most exciting tournaments, I think, because realistically, I mean, the Canes have prospects on six different teams at the World Juniors this year. Obviously, only three teams can medal, but they've got a pretty high chance of having somebody finish with a gold this year. So, I don't know. I'm hoping we see everybody play at least, you know, a handful of games. I'm hoping to get to see a few starts uh, in net for Quap. And, yeah, I'm going to have to... talk a little more about Quap next week because we, we kind of yeah. don't want to go through everything, yeah. but... No, I think, I, think, I think you guys are right. I think Canada... I think it's going to come down to Canada and Sweden. I think the USA probably finishes with bronze. Well, folks, we appreciate you for listening. We appreciate, obviously, Stephen Lawrence for hopping on the podcast for a third time. He's our first and only 
Two-time. Oh, guest we didn't get him. Now. We didn't get him to say the the line. Oh no, that's all right. He he has COVID, so we'll forget. We'll forgive him for that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we're looking forward to next week. It's going to probably be a shorter episode next week with you know Christmas coming up. But folks, it's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. <laughs>